Peace and welcome to a brand new episode of Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. We are at episode 49. I can't believe it, man. It's just one episode away from 50. Been pretty much making it happen this year. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and, and staying connected, you know, checking out the shows, whether you catch them at midnight when they drop on Friday or sometime within the week. I just want to appreciate y'all. We got a lot happening with Out the Box Talks. We got the Patreon page that just launched. Well, it's actually official now. Um, so, you know, definitely go support that, you know, for our dedicated supporters. I, I put together some really cool exclusives for you, you know, some some bonus artist interviews that's only available to subscribers. So definitely go check that out. Um, it's patreon.com slash out the box media. All right. Um, and we got the big cartel merch store up so you want to get some out the box merch whether it be t-shirts we got a really nice snapback that represents out the box tv that i'm really proud of you know so if you've been rocking with us or if you just new to this and you love what we do you can really appreciate what we do with um you know showcasing quality conscious creative hip-hop artists you know uh definitely get you a a merch you know some tees or some sweaters you know whatever we have up there um, that, you know, resonates with you, you know, go ahead and, and get you something and, and support the movement. We really appreciate that. So, uh, like I said, man, we have a brand new episode today. It's with a, another artist, another dope MC where we don't have a shortage of dope MCs here, man. Out the box, there's just so much out there. So when I, when I hear that people are complaining about hip hop and complaining about it's not enough dope MCs like in the past anymore no one is saying anything I don't believe that because there's so much talent that exists it's just a little bit more difficult to find it's not readily available like before but that's why out the box is here right so um like I said man without further ado I want to introduce y'all to an MC that I've been checking out for a few years now he just released an album like about a few days ago which I was really intrigued by so I want to talk to him today. The project is called Autopilot. Um, he also released a few instrumental projects earlier this year. I want to say like in the summer, he released the Beats Volume 1, the Beats Volume 2, and the Cosmogramma Interpretations EP back in August. So this has been a busy year for the brother. So, you know, um, I got so much I want to talk to him about today, but I really, really want to focus on his you know, his recent happenings, all the things that's been happening with him lately, particularly within this year and as well, this new autopilot album. So without further ado, I would like to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening audience, Brother Hailing from Columbus, Ohio, also known as Illogic. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, Illogic in the house? Welcome to Out the yeah, Box, brother. How you doing, Elogic? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me, Quill. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Indeed, man. It, it's it's an ultimate pleasure, man. Like I said earlier, man, like I'm a huge supporter of the lyrically gifted, right? The, the artists that go above and beyond to make sure that what they put in their music is thought-provoking, is creative, you know, is just quality overall. And I think your music for years have embodied that. You know, so um, just talk to me, man. How's things going with you? How's life? How is, 
you know, life in at this stage in the pandemic are uh, looking for you? Um, and things are good, you know, like I'm working from home. Um, you know, I, um, I'm a, um, a systems analyst uh, for a retail company. So I do that during the day. So I'm working from home and, um, you know, like just in trying to enjoy my wife and, you know, keep my kids in line and keep them on track. Uh, I got two, you know, seniors that's, you know, ready to graduate. And I got a younger um, sophomore, so I'm trying to keep them on track. And um, yeah, man, just just trying to keep it together. It's, it's some crazy times out here, you know. But as an artist, you know, I got something to to keep my energy, you know. what I'm saying and keep my focus. So uh, it's been it's been it's been pretty good. That's great to hear, man. I mean, a- any way you could keep your your head above, right? The the, the craziness. Um, if you're able to still maintain, man, it's a beautiful thing, man. So thank you for sharing that. Now. This year, um, well, let me actually start by saying this, man. I usually like to start off the shows like this. For people that don't know who you are, give our audience uh, a brief history of yourself as an artist. And, you know, tell us, I know you produce and you MC, so tell us kind of what came first and, you know, your inspirations for, you know, doing both, MCing and producing. Uh, well, I started out, uh, well, I wrote my first rhyme when I was nine years old, yeah. um, and I'm 40 now, so a long time. I've been rhyming for a long, long time. Um, and, you know, got into um, freestyling and, you know, like, you know, just watching um, Rap City and The Box and, you know, back in the day, like, you know, first seeing hip hop, first seeing MC Light, you know, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, um, you know, Heavy D, um, you know, just watching those cats, like, when I was coming up and, you know, realizing what could be done with words, you know what I mean? I was already, you know, pretty young writing short stories and poetry. Uh, my mom was always heavy on me understanding language and being, you know, really adept with my vocabulary. You know, I had words of the week. I had to read the dictionary and, you know, like things like that. So I was always, you know, enamored with words and once you know, hip hop kind of came into my life. Um, you know, I, I was just taken with it. And as I got, you know, a little older um, here in Columbus, Ohio, we had a spot called the Groove Shack, which was a really small record store, um, mm-hmm. but they hosted open mics every, I think it was like every first Friday or second Friday or something like that. And, um, and they, had they filmed them and they were on our uh, cable access channel here in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, just being able to see that and see that we had a bubbling scene. And, you know, I I was like 13, 14 years old. um, And I went to my mom and I told her um, that, you know, if I went up to this place at night, you know, at eight o'clock at night, you know, on campus in a dangerous neighborhood, um, you know, as a teenager, you know, she could drop me off. Like I would be on TV. So she would let me, you know, she would take me up there, drop me off and let me rhyme just so I could, you know, be on TV. And, um, you know, my mom was always supportive of, you know, all of my dreams and all of my goals. Um, so, you know, I started doing that, um, regularly and kind of built up a little name for myself. And, uh, when I was 16, I, won a freestyle um, battle at our hip hop expo that we have every year, which is still going on actually. 
Um, they have it here every year where, you know, uh, MC battles, they do break in, um, all the elements are represented with, uh, which is beautiful. I ran by my man BHB here in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I won that when I was 16 and, um, you know, from then on, you know, it was kind of crazy. I, uh, I actually, you know, ran in the blueprint and, you know, like kind of met him, um, during my high school years um, at one of the hip hop expos. And he invited me and my crew at the time to come and perform at, um, he was in college uh, in, uh, in um, Springfield, Ohio, Mm. and um, invited me and my crew to come up there and perform. And, um, you know, so we went up there and me and Blueprint stayed in touch and, you know, fast forward to um, college, um, I went to the University of Cincinnati for college, and it just so happens that um, Jay Rawls went to that school. Mm. Um, Dosa One went to that school. Um, Yoni um, from Y, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, he went to that school. And Blueprint actually lived in Cincinnati at the time. Um, you know, he was working there, and, mm. you know, we ended up hooking up and recording Unforeseen Shadows when I was 18 and, you know, my first year of college. And, you know, the rest is kind of history from there. We just, you know, kept it moving. And, you know, this is my um, seventh, I guess, solo album. Um, And, you know, I've had multiple group projects or eighth solo album, one of those two. Um, But I've had multiple group projects, multiple EPs. Um, Yeah, put out my first album in 1999 and haven't stopped since. Wow. You know, I didn't know about the Jay Rawls connection. I'm a big fan of Jay Rawls. And 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 maybe somehow I just missed it. Uh-huh. But Blueprint, I definitely want to talk to you about him because I know you guys do a, a podcast together. I, I just want to, and I thank you for that because that's, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Like, I, you know, it really gives a, a, a scope of kind of what your journey was like, you know, really coming into this this hip-hop thing. Now, this year in particular has been quite a busy year for you as a creative. I'll start by saying, yeah, like I said, you you and Blueprint, you guys have a very successful podcast called the Super Duddy Tough Work Podcast. Yeah, Super Duty. Oh, du- is it Duty? Super Duty Tough Work. Oh, shoot. I got it yeah, wrong. Yeah, Super Duty Tough Work. Super Duty. Okay. I <laughs> thought it good. was Dutty. All right. All right. Super Duty Tough Work Podcast. I mean, podcast. And um, you guys released yep. a number of instrumentals project. You know, I mean, you released a number of instrumental projects over the summer, as I said earlier. So, but let's let's start with this podcast. For those that don't know what uh the Super Duty Tough Work podcast is, explain what do you offer to listeners in terms of the um the content. Uh, well, we talk about everything, man. It's kind of a a self help podcast for artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about our experiences. Uh, we give, you know, a lot of bullet points and, you know, every episode we drop every week, um, on Sundays and, um, you know, we just kind of, you know, pull from our history cause we've both been doing this, you know, for a, a long time, over 20 years. And, um, you know, we just pull from our experiences and kind of give artists, um, you know, a little, a little help, you know, because when we were coming up, we had to, you know, do trial and error and figure things out on our own. And, you know, back in the day, you know, it's just like as a DJ or as a producer back in the day, 
you know, cats didn't let you look at their crates. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't know, you know, that's why cats put the white labels on their records. Like they didn't want you to know nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. when cats got, you know, new equipment, they threw the they threw the manual out the window and just kind of figured it out on their own and they expected you to do the same. Like it wasn't a lot of cats that, you know, gave help, you know, to the other generations coming up. So, you know, because we experienced that especially in this time of um, technology and information, mm-hmm. um, we want to, you know, make sure that we provide, you know, some assistance and some guidance along with some humor, you know, and some entertainment as well. You know, we talk about everything from, um, from real estate to, you know, how to put albums out to, you know, everything, you know, we have um, book lists that we do. We talk about books to read, to help, you know, creatives, on their path to being successful. Um, my man Blueprint just put out a book um, last week um, called The 10 Traits of a Successful Hip Hop Artist. Um, oh. And that stemmed from the podcast. So, you know, like we just, you know, do our best to try to help and assist artists in their journeys and, you know, give them some, some, some things to chew on, you know, in that process. Dope, dope. You know, I got to give you guys props because um, I saw a clip on Instagram where you guys were talking about some of your favorite albums earlier in the year. And one of the albums that um stood out to me that I actually went and checked out was the Midas the Beast, Where the Sidewalk Ends. Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys shouted that out. And I actually interviewed him not too long after, but I, I had to, you know, I definitely gave recognition to you guys as kind of where I first heard about the album to be able to even go check for it. You know, and it's funny, like... um. It's so interesting how, like, the whole podcast things thing works, you know, like, you talk about, you know, having new ideas and certain subjects coming, you know, being birthed because of the podcast. I'm just curious to know about, um, you know, how you guys define success within that, within that frame, within the podcast frame. Well, um... I mean, I think I can't speak for Blueprint, sure. you know, specifically, yeah, yourself, but I think, obviously. you know, like overall, we just want cats to, you know, listen and possibly learn something from it and utilize the things that we offer, you know, to to further their success. And, you know, like last year we did um, a um, 90 days of discipline challenge mm-hmm. and we challenged our listeners to, you know, pick, you know, a goal or two or three or four. And, um, you know, try to achieve that in 90 days. And we did the same, you know, ourselves and which is partially why the album, you know, why my album is here and why Prince book has arrived this year, because that was part of our 90 day challenge to get, you know, our, yeah, to get our albums ready, um, to get, you know, his book done. Um, and you know, like this is kind of the fruit of, you know, doing that 90 day challenge. And we had fans call in and leave us messages about, you know, what their challenge was and, you know, if they achieved it and, you know, what they did. And we had cats calling in, you know, that were, you know, writing children's books. Um, we had cats, you know, that were putting it off until we offered this challenge to them. Um, we had people, you know, finishing albums. We had people finishing school we had cats working out you know what i'm saying like so that's success for us you know what i'm saying just the fact that people are listening and taking heed to the things that we say and you know taking it seriously and are actually you know progressing 
from the things we say, man. Like that's that's all we can really ask for. Wow, that's dope, man. Like the fact that you know you guys put out this challenge and and you guys are part of it yourselves, right? And it helps you to achieve certain goals. That that that's pretty dope, man. <laughs> How'd y'all come up with yeah, that? Well, uh, Blueprint actually came up with it. And it's crazy because, like, without the 90-day challenge on some real shit, like, I would not have finished my album. You know wow. what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have artwork yet. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, like, one of part of my challenge was um, to get my artwork done, um, to update my website, um, and, you know, kind of plan for 2020 as far as when I was going to put my album out. And... Um, originally I had it planned for spring, but you know, COVID hit and that kind of threw a monkey wrench and everything, um, for everybody. But, um, without that 90 day challenge, like, you know, we probably wouldn't be having this interview right now. Wow. That's dope, man. Now you, you recently put out the Cosmogramma interpretations EP in August. And for those that don't know, Cosmogramma is an instrumental project by the esteemed producer Flying Lotus. He released it a few years ago. And, um, you know, it's one of his, like, really, you know, esteemed abstract projects. So I'm just curious to know, like, tell me why you decided to do an interpretations of this project and and what exactly the approach entailed. Well, it's interesting because, like, when I did the project, that that project, because um, the album came out, I want to say, um, in mid two thousands, I want to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, it's you know, like, like yeah. I, yeah, something like that around then. Um, so the album is, you know, had some years on it, and yes. at the time, I was just getting my equipment. Um, I was just kind of learning how to record myself, and you know, understand what my voice sounded like, and learning how to engineer myself and learning how to mix my own vocals. And, um, you know, long story short, I found a, um, a EP of flying lotuses. I hadn't listened to his music at that point, but I, you know, I heard the name and I found the EP called the reset EP. And it was like maybe five joints, five songs on there. Um, but the production was crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, then I just started researching and, I found Cosmogramma mm. and you know, I, um, I illegally downloaded it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, since then I have purchased it. I do own the vinyl actually. Um, oh, but, um, I, I downloaded it and I listened to it and it was so crazy cause I really wasn't really into electronic music. Um, right, right. at least instrumental electronic music at the time. Um, and, you know, it just kind of blew me away. And I figured as an exercise. Now, the EP was never actually meant to come out. That EP is over 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I did that, you know, I did it as an exercise in writing and, you know, writing to different patterns, writing to different kinds of beats, but also as an exercise in engineering myself and playing with my vocals and you know, kind of learning about reverb and learning about, you know, um, distortion and learning about all of these things and how they affect my voice. So it was actually a, you know, class kind of that I did for myself in writing and in engineering, um, just kind of learning how to work my equipment at the time. 
And it was always something that I thought was, you know, such an original piece of music that um, that I put together um, at the time. It's like 15 minutes long. So um, I was talking to a couple of videographer friends of mine and I wanted to do a short film, um, you know, coupled with it. And that's how I was going to release it. I wasn't going to release it the normal way. I was going to release it as a short film um, and, like you know, like a 15 minute long video. And at that time, I didn't have the money <laughs> to make that happen. So it kind of just sat on the shelf. And, you know, um, now, you know, since we've had these Bandcamp days, you know, where Bandcamp has, you know, allowed the artists to get, um, you know, the full, mm-hmm. the full money for their, um, their projects that they put out on those days, um, you know, it was one of the projects that I was like, yo, let me, you know, get this out here and, you know, see what people think. And, you know, it'll be one of those rare gems that cats will get um, yeah. from me. So, you know, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at the um, response to it. And, um, you know, it was, but it was originally just an exercise that I, you know, wouldn't be heard by, um, you know, the ears of the fan. Right, right. You know, what's interesting about it. It's not like you're actually, it doesn't sound like you're actually rapping on it. You're saying, you know, you're, you're speaking at different periods throughout the, you know, the short EP. Mm-hmm. What was your reasoning for that vocal approach? Um, it was just, that's where the, that's where the music took me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was more, it was more of me like reading poetry. Mm. Um, I do a little singing on there. Um, you know, it was more of me taking a different approach because I was, you know, using production in a style that I had never done anything over mm. and it didn't lend itself to rapping all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a couple um, joints where, you know, I rap, but for the most part, it's poetry. Um, it's, you know, kind of rhythmic speaking um, in a different way than, you know, just the cadence of regular MCing. And, um, you know, I just wanted to do something different because that's, that's where the music took me. You know, as an MC, I've always kind of let the music be the lead and, you know, tell me where the pockets are for me to put words. And, you know, that was no different. Dope, dope. So, as we said earlier, a, a few days ago, you released your latest solo hip-hop album entitled Autopilot. Now, when I yep. read your description on Bandcamp, you said that this is your first album where you're displaying not only your lyrical skills, but production, the mixing, and the photography. is pretty much all done by you, right? Yep. So, tell me why 20 years later in the game... Um, like, how did this album become the album where you're so hands-on? Well, um, I've always wanted to produce. I was always a fan of production. Um, I played the saxophone in middle school. Um, so I was always a jazz head, um, even young. And, you know, getting into De La Soul and getting into Tribe and getting into, you know, a lot of the... Um, especially like 90s production where a lot of jazz loops um, were used, um, I would recognize those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always was a huge fan of, you know, just production and the fact that they could take, you know, something that was usually chaotic in a way um, sometimes. I mean, there's, you know, some jazz that has a lot of rhythm, you know, and all that, but um, 
to utilize that those sounds and create something completely different and to hear an MC's voice over it always intrigued me. And so I always wanted to produce, but you know, I was around blueprint. I was around and I, I, you know, saw the, the equipment that they use, my man, DJ prism, all of that. And, um, the equipment looks scary, man. Like, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the, I didn't think I had the wherewithal to learn how to use the MPC, you know, cause there was so many buttons and, you know, all this extra stuff that you had to do. And, um, you know, I just, it was just daunting to me. It just looked like something that I, you know, probably would, it would take a lot of time for me to learn. Um, so I never really pursued it back then, but around the time that I recorded Celestial Clockwork, I did tell myself that, you know, I'm going to produce an album of my own sometime in my career. And I held on to that. Mm. Um, and about six years ago, um, probably five or six years ago, I was out on tour with, uh, my homeboy DJ Bombay. He was my tour DJ mm-hmm. at the time. And after the show, we go back to the hotel room and, um, you know, it's like one in the morning, you know, one, two in the morning. And this cat goes to his duffel bag and pulls out his entire computer <laughs> and sits it up and sets it up on the desk and, you know, turns it on and he's over there clicking buttons and stuff. I'm laying down watching TV and I'm like, what are you doing over there? He's like, yo, I'm making beat. And I was like, oh, word, you know, and so I pulled up a chair and I was like, show me how to do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and he was using Ableton at the time. Um, and I made my first beat that night and, um, it was whack, <laughs> but you know, I, I saw that it was possible, you know what I'm saying? I saw that it was no longer this big, scary thing that I've been running away from for right. so long. And, um, you know, when I, uh, the, the equipment that I had at the time where I was only recording vocals and just kind of playing around with my voice, um, I had Cubase and I did a little research and I saw like, oh, you can, you know, make beats in Cubase too. So I made my first like three or four beats in Cubase. And then I, you know, did a little more research about what were some good DAWs. And um, I got uh, FL Studio, mm-hmm. um, Fruity Loops. And, um, you know, from then on, like to this day, that's what I use um, for production. And, you know, I, I, it was hours and hours and I, um, I took my self, you know, I took it very seriously. I took probably, you know, three or four years where I didn't write a rhyme. I didn't work on any other music. I didn't work on any other part of my art. There was, I made myself a schedule where three hours, three or four hours a night after I got off work, I was in my studio practicing, making beats. I was watching tutorials. I was you know, like just learning, you know, what everything was and how everything worked and all of that. And, you know, it, it took a long time to get there, but, um, interestingly enough, a lot of the beats for autopilot are beats that I made in my first probably two years, you know, making beats and, you know, just kind of experimenting and learning, you know, how, how the, you know, what transience was and, you know, like what all these things were that I was researching mm. about, you know, how how to make sound, you know, and manipulate sound um, and, you know, utilize it, you know, to make something beautiful. And, you know, autopilot is 
is the um, the brainchild of of hours and hours of research and hours and hours of experimentation and and um, I think you know I think I had some have something dope that I presented to the world a couple of days ago. Wow, you know you 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 kind of beat me to it because my next question was really gonna go into the sound of the album, right? Because like when mm-hmm. I listen to Autopilot. Um, it, it has a very cosmic, futuristic sound to it as far as the instrumentals go. Talk to me about the sonic direction, just just a little bit more about how you were able to create this type of sound and, and the inspirations for it. Um, honestly, like trial and error is really, you know, how I kind of created the sound. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of cats, if they if they know, you know, my catalog and they know, you know, the kind of music that I've been doing, I've always been on some weird shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I've always I've always enjoyed the weird stuff. I, you know, used to, um, you know, hang out with Dose One when I was in college and recorded a lot of music with them, you know, like, you know, smoking crazy weed and just coming up with crazy shit yeah. um, over, you know, weird instrumentals um, and you know, even looking at the Celestial Clockwork album, um, it was a little, you know, it was somewhat conventional, but there was a lot of weirdness in that. Um, right. But it was weird, weirdly beautiful, you know. Um, so I've always been interested in um, how to create a chaotic, beautiful soundtrack. Like you know that. what I'm saying? Like, chaotic, I've always beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, like a beautiful chaos has always been, you know, what I um, since I started producing has always been like kind of what I consider my production style is, you know, like like beautiful chaos. And if you listen to this album, you know, and a lot of the beats um, because I made it especially for cats to listen to in headphones because a lot of people. That's how they listen to their music these days. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. A lot of it. Yeah, I can yeah, definitely. It's a lot going on. You know, um, as as you as you speak about you know your history with with this type of sound, it it doesn't surprise me why you were influenced by Cosmogramma because like Lotus alone is is that type of dude, right? Like his music is that de- it definitely oh, yeah. goes there. So like you, yeah, the connection was definitely yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Like um, you know, listening to him, um, LP. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, a lot of a lot of early underground hip hop was, you know, even, you know, the um, the, um, um, you know, AC alone, yeah. um, a lot of the Project Load stuff, you know, a lot of the West Coast. I was really influenced by a lot of West Coast music and a lot of um, New York underground music, um, oh. you know, the company flows of the world and, you know, like just really understanding how you can take sounds from so many places and create something, you know, this jambalaya of, of sound and, and drums. And, you know, you can create something that, that people, you know, feel and that is somewhat inspirational yet chaotic. And you can, you know, uh, express your feelings through, how this music is created and I've always loved that kind of thing. And, you know, when you listen to autopilot, you know, put some headphones on and you'll hear, you know, things going from ear to ear. You'll hear, you know, like 
all kind of craziness going on in the background and even with the vocals and certain things like that. Like I wanted to make this out of an experience for the listener. It definitely and, um, is an experience. I'm glad you said that word. Cause that's kind of, you know, what I got from listening to it. I was like, this is an experience. This is a different world here, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So. That's, that, that's really what I, I wanted. Cause I've always, thought of you know like some of my favorite albums are albums that are like that take you and transport you into the music right you know to where you listen to this music in headphones you know if you listen to even you know doggy style you listen to the chronic you know you listen to um um you know any daylight record you listen to midnight marauders you listen to you know uh, diggable planets you listen to these records mm -hmm. like blowout comb you listen to these records yeah. and you know cannibal ox um oh, yeah. you know like you listen you, you listen to these records and you're transported to another place Definitely. you know even illmatic like you know every time when i was when i was first visiting new york every time i would come to new york i would play illmatic as we entered the city because it just <laughs> i felt like that album you know transported me into where i was going and I felt New York, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, you know, I really wanted to create my own little world with this album, um, you know, sonically and vocally. Wow. You know, as you were talking about, you know, inspirations for certain sounds, like how far did you go with the sounds? Did you actually go and get sounds from in the field? Like, did you like record sounds beyond, you know, just the, the electronic devices? Like, how far did you go to get sounds? Like, what were some examples? Um, yeah, man, a lot of, you know, there was sounds that I used. I would take my field recorder and just go sit in the park, mm. you know, and just record, you know, people just in the park. Um, I would, you know, just have my field recorder out when I was taking a walk down the street. Nice. And, you know, I would come back home and chop some of those sounds up. Um, I, you know, would just you know because a lot of the album is actually um, me playing so i would mm. go through a lot of my vsts and you know a lot of my um virtual instruments right. and find like crazy sounds and see how i could manipulate them um to create you know the sound that i wanted and as well as you know chopping samples from records but i would do a lot of micro chopping you know so i could play things out and completely rearrange things because you know, for one, I didn't want to get it with sample clearance, but for two, right. I wanted to be as, you know, again, it was a lot of experimentation. So I wanted to be as creative as I possibly could with the sounds that I used. And, you know, in order to create a soundscape that sounded like something new, that sounded like something different, you know, and didn't sound like any of my other albums and really didn't sound like any album, you know, that had been released, um, at least in recent times. Dope, dope. So getting back to the title of the album, Autopilot, I got to say, as I listened to the album, like you said earlier, there's a lot happening. Creatively, the lyrics are, are very dense. Like, you got to, like, really listen and, and play it back. But once you get it, you're like, oh, that's dope. And, right. like, there's so much to grasp in, in everything you're hearing, right? Yeah. Tell me why you chose to name the album Autopilot and how you know, that title ties into the theme or the message of the album? Um, well, the title of Autopilot is twofold. Um, for one, in the process of the record, you know, like I said, I was doing a lot of experimentation and I really 
you know, and, you know, to be blunt, you know, I really had no idea what I was doing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I was just learning as I went. And um, I always, you know, as a Christian, um, you know, I always felt like, you know, the divine had his hands inside of me. And I was kind of, you know, watching as my body was creating these beats, you know, as my, as I was creating these songs. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like I was a passenger on my own journey mm-hmm. um, in some way. You know, but um, that's so that's one meaning. Passenger on my own journey. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and that's you know that's one meaning, and also you know if you listen to a lot of the content of the record, um, you know, and you kind of break some of the songs down, a lot of the content, you know, the album is also a testament to how us in society are kind of on autopilot and we allow you know instagram and you know social media and the government and you know all these other things that we've allowed into our lives to control us and kind of control the puppet strings as we just kind of go through our day-to-day without trying to be exceptional you know we allow a lot of these things to control us and manipulate how we experience feeling you know, um, how we love each other, how we, you know, interact with each other. And um, so I really wanted to kind of drive that point home too. that, you know, society right now is almost on autopilot. You know, this election is something crazy. And it's like, you know, once these people are in office, then what? You know what I'm saying? Like, no matter who wins, you know, what are you going to do? You know what I'm saying? They're not in control of us. We are in control of us. So what are we going to do, you know, no matter who's in office, how are you going to still try to be successful? How are you going to still try to achieve your goals? And, you know, we've gotten so complacent as a society where, you know, the TV controls us, everything around us, you know, we're addicted to our phones, we're addicted to social media, we're addicted to all this stuff that controls us. And it's kind of like, again, we're a passenger on our own journey. Mm. Like we're just sitting by and letting all this stuff control everything that we do without taking charge and you know taking responsibility for a lot of our actions wow interesting man i really appreciate the breakdown so here's what i want to do uh logic i i'm a i'm a lyric head and i I really love listening to lyrics and you know kind of decoding as best as I can, what the MC is saying, right? <laughs> so from this point uh-huh. on, I definitely want to go into some of the lyrics and some of the themes okay. on the album. So I hope you're, you're still with me. Um, oh, yeah, 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 let's go. Yeah, so I, I actually want to start off with the first track on the album. It actually starts with an interlude or an excerpt of a woman speaking, and she's talking about her art the objects she creates. She says that the things she creates are not the things. They are the time the people at the show spend in the company of the things. So it's time that you're making really time perceived by an audience. I I thought that that was really a profound way to, you know, to open the album, like this idea that an object is created, but in this concept, the real art is the experience of people interacting with the object as a group. What was your intention right. for opening the album with that speech and how does it relate to the message of the album? Well, that, um, that kind of relates to my entire career. 
Um, mm. I, you know, again, like I wanted this album to be an experience, um, but all of my albums I feel that I've created are experiences. You know, there there's something to be sat with and, you know, decoded and listened to and, you know, kind of to allow them to get inside you and hopefully change you, you know, and change your way of thinking in some ways. Um, so I wanted to start off the album by letting the listener know that this is not just going to be your run of the mill hip hop album. This is the album that, you know, is created for you to spend time with it and experience it instead of just listening to it. And, you know, again, I feel that way about all of the things that I create. Dope, dope. Now, Staying on that track, the first track, Conquer the Climb, you have a line where you say, it's all in your hands if you understand your longing to exist on a plane where you embody your gift. Uh-huh. What makes the idea of understanding your longing to embody your gift so important for one to realize? Well, if you, like, with that with that complete song like if you if you think about the idea of you know people wanting to better themselves and wanting to be successful and wanting to find what they're good at in order for them to possibly make it their career um you know if that longing is powerful enough you know when you get to that place where you are walking in purpose and you are who you want to be and you are who you're supposed to be you know, nothing can stop you at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody, no, 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 nothing can stop you from achieving your goals because you're walking in your purpose. You are who you're supposed to be and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So, you know, for us as human beings, as long as we're, you know, constantly thriving to walk in purpose and walk in who we're supposed to be and walk in who God has called us to be, then you know, nothing can stop us. There's nothing that, you know, we can't do. Mm. Well, well said, man. Thank you for breaking that down. Now, the second track is called Autopilot Shine. Another favorite uh-huh. of mine. Um, I, I would say one of my favorites off the album. I really like, you know, the the motivation on the track, right? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just like, you know, we're going to shine no matter what, you know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's optimistic to a degree. Like it's, 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 it's sad, but it's optimistic, you know, like we will get through whatever we're going through in that optimistic sense. You have a lyric where you say, how are you making sure your fam could eat with nothing on the stove? And yeah. <laughs> that one jumped out at me. I was, you know, it's just some lyrics that just kind of jump out at you. And I was just curious right. to know, like, figuratively speaking, who was that line meant for? And uh, what was your reasoning for the stove reference? Well, it's, um, it wasn't meant for anyone specific. You sure. know, it's, it, was, it was meant for, you know, just human beings, period. You know, like, if we are not attempting to achieve anything, you know, if we're just going through our day-to-day, you know, just going to the job, clocking in, going home, laying on the couch and watching TV and getting up to do it all over again the next day, you know, how are you really feeding your family? And I'm not saying financially, you know, because Mm. people do that every day and feed their families financially, but 
how are you feeding, how are you edifying the people that are around you? And I'm not just saying, you know, even, um, you know, husband, wife, kids, like just the people that you interact with on a regular basis. Like, how are you going to, you know, if you don't have any, any logs in the fire, how are you going to edify the people that are around you, make it an experience to be around you, you know, make people better when they leave you than they were when they came and interacted with you. Like if you don't have anything that you're shooting for and ever, you know, you're never trying to be better and better yourself in some fashion, um, then, you know, in some, in some ways, like, you know, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing here? What's your reasoning for, for existing? If you're not edifying the people that are around you. Wow. That makes a lot of sense, man. I didn't, I didn't think of it from that angle. So um, definitely, thanks for for breaking that down. Now I got a lot more quotables for you, man. I'm, you know, as I'm as I'm listening to the album, I'm like digesting it, and I'm like, yo, this is dope. Like you, you got some lines on this album that kind of just jump out at you, and then you got some secret, you know, you got some stuff that's coded that if maybe if you listen to it uh, a second or third time again, you'll be like, oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, that was dope. You know what I mean? So that's why, you yeah, know, when yeah, I said yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot going on, it's one of those projects that um, I'm sure, you know, years from now, like the replay value is pretty, pretty strong. When we talk about albums having a strong replay value, you could go back to it and uncover new things with the sounds, like the instruments, but also with the lyrics. So um, the next track I want to talk about is Apex Twin. Yeah. On that song, you say obstacles appear more immense when you're alone, but in their defense, the fence was placed there for your protection. Can you explain mm-hmm. that line? Like, I think I know where you're well, going with this, but I, I, I wanted to give you the <laughs> opportunity to talk about it because it, it, it really, I feel like it's something really deep to this particular line here, you know, that um, you, you, in, in the direction where you're going, you know, with regards to obstacles. Yeah, man, like, um, well, you know, a little background, like I was, um, I, I suffered from depression really bad when I was younger and up through college. And, um, you know, like when you're by yourself, if you don't have a team, if you don't have a support system around you, you know, the things that come up against you seem huge Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and they seem you know hard to get over and like you'll never be able to get over them you know but in some in some fashions in some ways sometimes those obstacles are placed there to deter you from doing something stupid right you know what i'm saying in some in some ways those obstacles can be there to protect you as well you know growing up there's a reason that you know you can't smoke until you're 18. You can't drink until you're 21. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't drive until you're 16. Like there's certain things that are placed in our lives and are put in front of us that are there to protect us. And we may see them as obstacles if we're not looking at them through the right lens. But, um, you know, once you get to a point where you can understand them and you have the ability to overcome them, then you'll be able to. Um, so, you know, in that, with that line, you know, I, I was kind of thinking about how it feels sometimes to be alone because as artists, we are the ones that people go to, you know, especially with music, we are the ones that people go to when they are depressed. We are the ones that people go to when they are going through something 
or when they're happy, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, we can either help them get out of that situation or we can compound the situation. And a lot of times people just want to know that they're not alone. Mm. You know, people just want to know that they're not the only ones that have been through something. They're not the only ones that, you know, you know, have have issues with believing in themselves and with confidence. And, you know, like they want to just know that they're not alone. And a lot of times that's enough to help them get out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that really is the, the basis behind that line. Dope. Yeah. And I, I got to say, like, when I when I listened to it, like what I got from it was, you know, you know, that, that there's help, you know, there's help. Like yeah. when obstacles come up, like, you know, there's there's great power and great support in not doing it alone, you know, getting help. And that's the reason why that yep. fence is up. So I, I'm glad that you broke that down. And I, I got to say, I got to big you up for the, the clever wordplay with defense and fence. Like, it, it, it worked. <laughs> Word. So, Thanks, um, man. Thanks, man. No doubt, that. no doubt. Also on that song, you say, um, there's nothing more entrusting than extending a hand to a crowd that gathers up front of stage to witness while you think aloud. Why yeah. is that experience of you interacting live with your audience in that way more entrusting than anything else? Well, because, you know, like when someone, you know, sits down with your music, you know, or your art, and they take the time out of their day mm. to give you their full attention that is that's a privilege you know what i'm saying that that us as artists sometimes take for granted um so you know my interaction with my audience is something that i don't take for granted at all and you know they're trusting us with their time they're trusting us with their ears um because i tell my children this all the time about the power of music mm. and the power of sound and how um, how influencing music is, especially, and entertainment in general, you know, any kind of art, you know, visual art, um, movies and, you know, videos and everything. Um, and I actually shot and recorded and directed the video for this album, um, this song too, for um, Apex Twin um, that I put out. But, um, but yeah, like, you know, it's just very important to not take that for granted and make sure that, because they're trusting you, you know, enough to um, be that influence at that time, then you have to give them something to leave with. You know what I'm saying? You have to give them something to chew on. You have to give them something that's edifying. Mm. So there's nothing more interesting than someone giving you their time to possibly influence a decision that they make, make in their life and how they may live their lives going forward after that interaction with you. Mm. Wow. Well said. Now, Thanks. I want to I want to take Thanks. a little break on the lyrics. I'm going to come back to it, man, cuz I, I got more for you. But uh I, I want to talk aye. about your um the features on this project. Now, particularly the feature the the two main MC features that are actually rapping and you know what I mean like spitting on this project is um blueprint yeah. and uh superstition two extremely talented MCs I noticed that these are like the only two other like main 
rappers on the album outside of yourself. Like, what was your reasoning for just including them as your features as MCs? Those are my brothers, man. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, I've known both of them, you know, print longer. I've known Super for probably 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Me and print go back, you know, 20 plus. Um, And, you know, because this album was so special to me, um, I wanted to make sure that when I, you know, when I did have features on the record that, you know, those features would kill, you know, whatever I put in front of them. And, you know, Supa's verse is just Tell ridiculous. Tell me about it. You know, yeah, man, like his verse is just nuts, you know, like, and I, I, I honestly don't think that that man gets the credit that he deserves as, you know, one of the best in our field. He's um, definitely one know, of the illest, man. One of the best, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, he's he's just disgusting. And then, you know, Printmatic is Printmatic, man. Like, Blueprint always, you know, dropping jewels through his 16s. You know what I'm saying? So, dope, um, I just wanted I just wanted those those two guys to share in this experience with me. And, you know, it, it was fun because um, I did the engineering and mixing and all that. Mm-hmm. And for me to finally, you know, have, mix some blueprint vocals over one of my beats you know what i'm saying like instead of it being the other way around you know because we've done the greenhouse projects we've done he produced my first three albums so he's always mixing my voice but i never got to do his wow. um, you know so between you know this and um you know being on he was he was on capture the sun as well and i mixed that album but you know with him rhyming over one of my beats and me being able to, you know, mix his voice like was was just a dope experience for me as well. That's dope, man. That's dope. And I, I think it was, you know, cool that you actually put them on the same track too. Like it could have been a situation where, you know, Super was on one track and Blueprint was on another track. I, I think it speaks a lot to, you know, your your recognition for them, man, to kind of just have them, you know, share that same track too. Where? Dope, dope. So um, back to the lyrics, man. I I wasn't gonna come off of it too long. Ascot, definitely like one of my favorite tracks on the album. Right, you start the song with such a deep line. You say, uh, "I don't believe in nothing I can't dream about," and I had to yeah. ponder that line because um, it, it was very intriguing. Like I, I wanted to know, like where you know where you were going with this one. So tell me, why is your belief based on your dreams? And tell me, what's the connection between the two? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm an artist, man. I'm, I'm an artist and I'm a poet. And I've always been um, intrigued by, you know, the supernatural, by fantasy, um, by, you know, like things that, that we say as human beings are impossible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, just... Um, you know, I loved comic books. I loved cartoons as a kid, superheroes, all of that. And, you know, and also, you know, as a Christian, you know, walking by faith, you know, and believing in something that you can't see, um, you know, like I've always had that, that in me, um, growing up and, you know, like if I can dream it, you know what I'm saying? Then it's real. If Mm -hmm. I can, if I can see something, if I can see something and see myself actually doing it, you know what I'm saying? Then I believe that it's possible. And if it's something that I want to do, then I'm going to do everything I possibly can to achieve that. You know what I'm saying? And my dreams are super important. Everything that I've done in my life started from a dream. You know what I'm saying? Like started from a goal that I set for myself 
wanting to get my master's degree, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like wanting to, you know, get, you know, become a producer, wanting to become a videographer, wanting to become a photographer. Like a lot of these things that I'm doing now started as a dream, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Started as one day I'm going to be able to do that, you yeah. know, and I continue to put my work in and be diligent and have the uh, discipline to be able to achieve a lot of those goals. So, you know, if I can't dream about it, you know, cause there's a, um, there's a saying I, I remember coming up, you know, if you dream it, you can achieve it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So if I, if, if, it, if, if I don't dream it, you know what I'm saying? If it's something that I, I can't dream about that I can't even see in my dreams, you know what I'm saying? Then it's something that I, I can't believe is tangible. Wow. But, you know, it's very rare that there's something that we don't see in our dreams. So anything that we dream about, we should be able to achieve if we put the work in. Wow. How'd you develop the fortitude to overcome those that try to shoot dreams down? It's just faith. You know what I'm saying? Faith in my ability. You know what I'm saying? Faith in the fact that no matter what they say, mm. you know, that I'm going to continue because... I learned at a very young age and, you know, this goes back to my mother, my grandmother, my family, um, instilling these things in me that no matter what happens, you know, like you're going to be okay. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, just a little more history about me. I was, um, I was, I had a retinoblastoma when I was two years old, which is cancer of the retina. Um, so I had one of my eyes removed when I was two years old. So I've grown up with only one eye. And, you know, just that alone was something that I had to learn how to overcome. And the fact that I, you know, learned how to drive, the fact that I can, you know, do a bunch of things that people with both eyes, I mean, I have better vision in my one eye than my wife does in both of hers. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So I've, I've always been, you know, since, especially with having that experience, a kid that is like, you know, if I can, I can achieve anything because I've always started out, you know, from the beginning of my life, um, in a way I started out kind of behind the eight ball, you know what I mean? And I've always come out on top. So no matter what, you know what I'm saying? Like, can't nobody tell me nothing, (laughs) you know? Uh, Powerful, man. Powerful. So I want to actually go to another track. This one is entitled, snooze it's featuring just joey and i just have to point out first with regards to this track there's an instrument that sounds like an alarm clock (laughs) it it comes Uh it comes with the first beat change up like right after the hook and it actually sounds like a like an a, like an alarm clock going off. Like eh, 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 eh. I forget I forget how the sound goes. Like, but um, like I said, it sounds like an alarm clock. And I was just curious to know if that was um intentional, like to go with the whole snooze alarm theme. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Like it was. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was. Like that was that was the whole point of that because you know the drums drop out and everything else drops out, and that kind of is the main sound. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a, you know, kind of a wake up call. You know what I mean? Dope, dope. I just wanted to point that out because like, that's something that I noticed in terms of the Sonics. I'm like, yo, this, this dude is really going places. Like he's really tapping in to the, uh, he's really experimenting. Right. And, and, and it is playing out in the actual themes of the music. So that was pretty dope. Now, Word. let me say this in regards to that song snooze. Cause I want to stay on that song. 
you have a, a line on there where you say, actually, it's a lyric where you say, how do we not notice the systems they put in place? We think we're moving, but unconsciously we're just running in place. There's a regression of voices that speak of the promised land and of the few that exist, we're not choosing to comprehend. Yeah. I like that you use the word comprehend because I think a number of us know, particularly as black people, the systems that's you know been put in place to keep us from thriving. But we don't, right. you know, often we don't face it. Why do you think right. that's the actual case? Well, um, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> and that's, that's one of those, that's one of those things. It's, it, it comes down to, you know, us really understanding our power and us really understanding who we are as, you know, black people and all of the things that we've overcome in this country. And for us to do a lot of the things that we do on purpose, you know what I'm saying? Like, for us to, you know, continue to waste our money and not save, for us to not invest in our own communities, for us to do certain things to ourselves, I just, I just don't get it, you know? And then you have, and, you know, the voices I'm talking about in that, in that lyric is the musical voices, mm. because the musical voices that are trying to say something, a lot of times us as Black people, we shun them. Mm. You know, you have your few, you know, you have your Kendricks and you have, you know, your, you know, Jay-Z came around the corner and, you know, started trying to impart some things and Kanye tried to impart some things and, you know, some other cats. But, you know, for the most part, when we listen to our music, if it's hip hop, you know, like we just want to party, you know, we just want to, you know, hit the club. We just want to see some girls dance and shake their ass. Like, you know, the few voices that we're trying, that are, that are trying to say something, mm -hmm. we choose not to listen. Mm. You know, we may, you know, cause, because crazy enough about my career, like most of my fans are white, but you know, the bulk of my message is for my people, mm. but they, they don't choose to listen to me because I may be too dense because I may be using some words that they don't necessarily know or understand at the time, um, but they don't take the time to dig in and really let those things settle and digest. So, you know, and, you know, this is a, definitely a general statement, but, you know, overall, just what we see in society, a lot of us, you know, and it's not just black people, a lot of us just don't choose to comprehend the things that are good for us. Right. We choose to go, Toward, for the fake news. We choose to go, you know, and and take in a lot of these things that are bad for us in our diets, you know, what we eat and our diet and what we digest, you know, as as entertainment as well. And the people we hang around just overall, like a lot of times we run from the things that are good for us because they're hard. Mm. You know, it's 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 not easy to go. That's grow. an interesting Whenever way you, to put it. Run from the things yeah, that like, are good from us because they're hard. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's real true. I mean, like, you know, you think about it. When you work out, the reason that your muscles are sore is because they're growing and they're getting stronger. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes pain and it takes anguish sometimes to grow. 
And a lot of us are scared to experience that pain and anguish because, you know, we're scared of the pain, but we don't understand how much stronger and how much better we'll be on the other side of that if we allow ourselves to go through it and we continue to push through, you know, so a lot of us are just scared of that experience and anything uncomfortable. You know, I was talking to my son the other day about um, some things that um, he wanted to try and, you know, he kind of was trying to quit because, you know, it was uncomfortable for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, what he wanted to do and it was uncomfortable. And I had to tell him like, you know, like, you have to be uncomfortable in order to get where you got to go. Yeah. Everybody, everybody who's been successful at some point in their career, they experienced, you know, something that was, that was painful. They experienced something that was, you know, that may have, um, you know, put them off to the side and, and deterred them from their goals. But those successful people continue to press through. So, you know, success and, you know, just being, um, a fruitful individual comes with pain. It comes with hardship. It comes with those things. But you know, you'll be so much better on the other side of that if you just push through. Yes, man. Indeed, indeed. Very well said. So, on another track, there's another lyric uh, that I definitely wanted to ask you about. This one is a uh, pickpocket. You um, you have a line where you say, um, the only time truth intimidates is when justice is translucent explain mm -hmm. what you meant by justice being translucent well when when you can see when when we can see the right things being done overall as a people as a country as a world then that's that's scary to the people in power you know what i'm saying like Truth is scary to the people in power because they're comfortable with you, you know, with feeding you whatever they want to feed you, whether it's truth or not. And as long as you take it and you continue to go through the through your life, you know, on this treadmill that they put in place for you, mm -hmm. then they're cool with staying in power. When when justice and truth, when we can see that, when we can see through all of that. You know, like that's scary to those in power. That's and, and that's what I mean by the truth intimidates. The truth intimidates those in power when we can actually see, you know, what the truth actually is and we can see what justice actually is. Then that gives us power and the people in power. They don't want that. You know, they don't want us to really see what's going on, because if we do, then we'll put them out on their ass. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, that's that's that was the, the background of that line. Yeah. And it was interesting that you use the word translucent because translucent um, is not necessarily see through. Right. But you're, you're able to see a, like a, a fraction of the light when you're talking right. about translucent. So it's like still a covering, you know, so I, right. I thought it was clever how right. you use that. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I got to say, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. I think, you know, listening to what you had to say in your response to some of these questions helps me to get an enhanced view of the album, right? It, it makes me appreciate the project even more. But I know um, it's almost the end of the year. I just wanted to kind of check in with you to see, like, what else is in store for you in the years or, or what, what else would you like people to grasp um, from you at least as the year closes out? Um, 
honestly, like I want, you know, people to really like sit with this album and, mm-hmm. you know, really enjoy it and digest it. Um, but for me, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to push actually, um, the last episode of super duty tough work, me and blueprint, we did another 90 days of discipline challenge. So, you know, um, my goal, um, a couple of my goals for that 90 days of discipline challenge to, for the end of the year is, you know, to finish writing my next album. Okay. Um, also, also I am. I am producing a project uh, for Curly, for Curly Castro um, out of Wrecking Crew um, down with Backwood Studios, um, and um, there's a uh, just Joey that's on the snooze song. Me and him have a group called Lucid Logic, and we put an album out a few years ago. Okay, and he produced it because um, he's a producer, singer, rapper as well. And but the Lucid Logic Two album, I'm doing all the production and he's doing all of the rapping. Um, so we're finishing that up. And also, I am working on a book. Um, I'm working on a book that's going to be um, starting out with volumes because um, mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of a lyric book and a guide to you know breaking down some of my songs. That's nice. Um, and I'm doing it. Yeah, and I'm doing it um, in volumes where it's going to be themes. You know, so I'll take, you know, a group of maybe 20 or 30 songs and, um, you know, it'll be a theme to the book for those songs and I'll break down, it'll be the lyrics to all of those songs and I'll break down, um, you know, specific lines and even whole songs and things of that nature. So those are the things I'm working on right now. Um, But, you know, as far as the end of the year goes, you know, what I want to leave people with is, you know, this record, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, you know, just want to have them chew on it for a little bit because I'm coming back, you know, pretty heavy next year. Um, I'm hoping to possibly release my next solo record uh, by spring or summer um, next year. Nice. So, you know, I'm, go- I'm going to keep pushing, keep the momentum going and continue to churn out, you know, thought provoking, dope content and um, dope music for the people. Mm. What do you, what do you want listeners to pretty much take away from this project if you had to sum up, you know, or just give a brief briefly what you expect from it? Um like I said before, I just want people to, you know, maybe, you know, challenge some things, you know, in their lives, you know, challenge some ways that they think even about music, about sound, mm-hmm. um but challenge some things about themselves personally and you know how they interact with the world around them and how that world around them is affected by them when they are in it um and you know hopefully this album will you know give people something to to learn from yeah. and like you said you know hopefully it, it they they believe that it has that replay value so they can go back you know next year a couple years down the line and still play it and still learn some things and um you know pull some things from it so you know, I just want, I just want cats to, you know, listen to it, enjoy it, but also, you know, grow from it. Dope. Man, I, I'm definitely going to tap back into it. I, You know, I was listening heavy because I know I had this interview with you, but like I said, man, the replay value seems pretty strong, so I'm sure I'm going to be um, checking for it some more and just really uncovering new things. You did say about putting out a lyric book, let me ask you, um, is, is, is the project available now where like, if you, you know, you pick it up, you're able to get the lyrics with it or even any of your like previous work? 
Yes, if you um, if you order the album off of my Bandcamp page, it does come with a lyric sheet. Um, so you know you do get the lyrics with it, so you can read along and you know look up some words and send me an email if you got some questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, the lyrics do come with it if you order it from my Bandcamp. Yeah, um, I, and it comes with you know it comes with the retail version. So there's a retail version of it that's just the album by itself. Um, but it does come with the lyrics um, as well. And then there's a deluxe version that comes with the instrumentals um, that's digital, and you can get the lyrics with that um, nice. as well. Now, I know this is only on Bandcamp. Is it going to be available on any of the, like, the streaming networks, or is it going to be available like through you know through iTunes, Apple, like, or is it just kind of like yeah. you're rocking out with Bandcamp for now? <laughs> Which is cool, because I nah, understand. Yeah. Yeah, for now it's um just on Bandcamp. It's also on SoundCloud. Um, but uh, I literally just today because I had some delays with the album, um, getting it to distributors, so it didn't get there on time, um, for the digital. But um, I just got confirmation today that everything is being delivered to Spotify and iTunes and Pandora and all that stuff. So the album will be available on all streaming services, hopefully um early next week. Nice. And on YouTube and everything, so Beautiful. yeah, everybody will be able to check it out. Dope. How do you want your legacy to be remembered as an MC? I just want cats to put me in. You know, I want to be in the same breath as 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 some of the dopest man. Like, I just want people to, you know, understand that you know I came into this game. I didn't pull any punches. I didn't try to sound like anybody. I always was original. And I always left them thinking about something. I always left them with something that you want, no matter, you know, if it was a feature or if it was one of my albums, I always left cats with something that you want. And I was dope doing it. <laughs> wow, that's dope, man. Very well said, man. So, man, like I said, I want to thank you again, Logic, for taking the time with me. I wish you all the best and success. You know, I'm definitely going to be checking for all the other things that you got coming up. And like I said, I'll be you know, rewinding this project and, um, you know, really listening through again. I definitely want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Remember, you could go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com. We got the Patreon page up. So, you know, all of our dedicated subscribers, you know, that's an opportunity for you to join and, um, you know, get some exclusive interviews that have not been made public only for the subscribers. And again, our Merch store is up, Out the Box Media, the Big Cartel merch store. I'll put the links at the bottom of the episode. And you can also find it on the website, outtheboxmedia.com. I thank you again, Brother Elogic, man. All the best with this album. And uh, until next week, all of our listeners, man, we look to see you again. Stay safe, stay healthy. Peace, love, and light. Peace, man. Yes. Thanks for having me. Peace.